Chapter 8 of the Journal of John Woolman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Journal of John Woolman by John Woolman. Chapter 8 1761 1762. Visits Pennsylvania, Shrewsbury, and Squan. Publishes the second part of his considerations on keeping Negroes. The grounds of his appearing in some respects singular in his dress. Visits to the families of friends of Ancocas and Mount Holly meetings. Visits to the Indians at Weehalusing on the river Susquehanna. Having felt my mind drawn towards a visit to a few meetings in Pennsylvania, I was very desirous to be rightly instructed as to the time of setting off. On the 10th of the 5th month, 1761, being the first day of the week, I went to Haddonfield meeting, concluding to seek for heavenly instruction and come home, or go on as I might then believe best for me, and there through the springing up of pure love I felt encouragement, and so crossed the river. In this visit I was at two quarterly and three monthly meetings and in the love of truth I felt my way open to labor with some noted friends who kept negroes. As I was favored to keep to the route, and endeavor to discharge what I believed was required of me, I found inward peace therein, from time to time, and thankfulness of heart to the Lord, who was graciously pleased to be a guide to me. Eighth Month, 1761 having felt drawings in my mind to visit friends in and about Shrewsbury, I went there, and was at their monthly meeting, and their first day meeting. I had also a meeting at Squan, and another at Squanquam, and, as way opened, had conversation with some noted friends concerning their slaves. I returned home in a thankful sense of the goodness of the Lord. From the concern I felt growing in me for some years, I wrote part the second of a work entitled Considerations on Keeping Negroes, which was printed this year, 1762. When the overseers of the press had done with it, they offered to get a number printed to be paid for out of the yearly meeting's stock to be given away. But I, being most easy to publish it at my own expense, and offering my reasons, they appeared satisfied. This stock is the contribution of the members of our religious society in general, among whom are some who keep Negroes, and, being inclined to continue them in slavery, are not likely to be satisfied with such books being spread among a people, especially at their own expense, many of whose slaves are taught to read, and such, receiving them as a gift, often conceal them, 
but as they who make a purchase generally buy that which they have a mind for, I believed it best to sell them, expecting by that means they would more generally be read with attention. Advertisements were signed by order of the overseers of the press and directed to be read in the monthly meetings of business within our own yearly meeting, informing where the books were, and that the price was no more than the cost of printing and binding them. Many were taken off in our parts. Some I sent to Virginia, some to New York, some to my acquaintance at Newport, and some I kept, intending to give part of them away where there appeared a prospect of service. In my youth I was used to hard labor, and though I was middling healthy, yet my nature was not fitted to endure so much as many others. Being often weary, I was prepared to sympathize with those whose circumstances in life, as free men, required constant labor to answer the demands of their creditors, as well as with others under oppression. In the uneasiness of body which I have many times felt by too much labor, not as a forced, but of a voluntary oppression, I have often been excited to think on the original cause of that oppression which is imposed on many in the world. The latter part of the time wherein I labored on our plantation, my heart, through the fresh visitations of heavenly love, being often tender, and my leisure time being frequently spent in reading the life and doctrines of our blessed Redeemer, the account of the sufferings of martyrs and the history of the first rise of our society a belief was gradually settled in my mind that if such as had great estates generally lived in that humility and plainness which belonged to a christian life and laid much easier rents and interests on their lands and monies, and thus led the way to a right use of things, so great a number of people might be employed in things useful, that labor both for men and other creatures would need to be no more than an agreeable employ, and divers branches of business which serve chiefly to please the natural inclinations of our minds, and which at present seem necessary to circulate that wealth which some gather, might, in this way of pure wisdom, be discontinued. As I have thus considered these things, a query at times hath arisen. Do I, in all my proceedings, keep to that use of things which is agreeable to universal righteousness? And then there hath some degree of sadness at times come over me, because I accustomed myself to some things which have occasioned more labor than I believe divine wisdom intended for us. From my early acquaintance with truth, I have often felt an inward distress, occasioned by the striving of a spirit in me against the operation of the heavenly principle, and in this state I have been affected with a sense of my own wretchedness, and in a mourning condition have felt earnest longings for that divine help which brings the soul into true liberty. 
sometimes, on retiring into private places, the spirit of supplication hath been given me, and under a heavenly covering I have asked my gracious Father to give me a heart in all things resigned to the direction of his wisdom. In uttering language like this, the thought of my wearing hats and garments dyed with a dye hurtful to them has made lasting impression on me in visiting people of note in the society who had slaves and laboring with them in brotherly love on that account i have seen and the sight has affected me that a conformity to some customs distinguishable from pure wisdom has entangled many and that the desire of gain to support these customs has greatly opposed the work of truth. Sometimes when the prospect of the work before me has been such that in bowedness of spirit I have been drawn into retired places and have besought the Lord with tears that he would take me wholly under his direction and show me the way in which I ought to walk, it hath revived with strength of conviction that if i would be his faithful servant i must in all things attend to his wisdom and be teachable and so cease from all customs contrary thereto however used among religious people as he is the perfection of power of wisdom and of goodness so i believe he hath provided that so much labor shall be necessary for men's support in this world as would being rightly divided be a suitable employment of their time and that we cannot go into superfluities or grasp after wealth in a way contrary to his wisdom without having connection with some degree of oppression and with that spirit which leads to self-exaltation and strife, and which frequently brings calamities on countries by parties contending about their claims. Being thus fully convinced, and feeling an increasing desire to live in the spirit of peace, I have often been sorrowfully affected with thinking on the unquiet spirit in which wars are generally carried on and with the miseries of many of my fellow-creatures engaged therein some suddenly destroyed some wounded and after much pain remaining cripples some deprived of all their outward substance and reduced to want and some carried into captivity thinking often on these things the use of hats and garments dyed with a dye hurtful to them and wearing more clothes in summer than are useful grew more uneasy to me believing them to be customs which have not their foundation in pure wisdom the apprehension of being singular from my beloved friends was a straight upon me and thus i continued in the use of some things contrary to my judgment on the thirty-first of the fifth month seventeen sixty one I was taken ill of a fever, and after it had continued near a week, I was in great distress of body. One day there was a cry raised in me that I might understand the cause of my affliction and improve under it, 
and my conformity to some customs which I believed were not right was brought to my remembrance. In the continuance of this exercise, I felt all the powers in me yield themselves up into the hands of him who gave me being, and was made thankful that he had taken hold of me by his chastisements. Feeling the necessity of further purifying, there was now no desire in me for health until the design of my correction was answered. Thus I lay in abasement and brokenness of spirit, and as I felt a sinking down into a calm resignation, so I felt, as in an instant, an inward healing in my nature, and from that time forward I grew better. Though my mind was thus settled in relation to hurtful dyes, I felt easy to wear my garments heretofore made, and continued to do so about nine months. Then I thought of getting a hat, the natural color of the fur, but the apprehension of being looked upon as one affecting singularity felt uneasy to me. Here I had occasion to consider that things though small in themselves, being clearly enjoined by divine authority, become great things to us. And I trusted that the Lord would support me in the trials that might attend singularity, so long as singularity was only for his sake. On this account I was under close exercise of mind in the time of our general spring meeting, 1762 greatly desiring to be rightly directed, when, being deeply bowed in spirit before the Lord, I was made willing to submit to what I apprehended was required of me, and when I returned home, got a hat of the natural color of the fur. In attending meetings, this singularity was a trial to me, and more especially at this time, as white hats were used by some who were fond of following the changeable modes of dress, and as some friends who knew not from what motives I wore it grew shy of me, I felt my way for a time shut up in the exercise of the ministry. In this condition, my mind being turned toward my heavenly Father with fervent cries that I might be preserved to walk before him in the meekness of wisdom, my heart was often tender in meetings, and I felt an inward consolation which to me was very precious under these difficulties. I had several dyed garments fit for use which I believed it best to wear till I had occasion for new ones. Some friends were apprehensive that my wearing such a hat savored of an affected singularity. Those who spoke with me in a friendly way, I generally informed, in a few words, that I believed my wearing it was not in my own will. I had at times been sensible that a superficial friendship had been dangerous to me, and many friends being now uneasy with me, I had an inclination to acquaint some with the manner of my being led into these things. Yet upon a deeper thought, I was for a time most easy to omit it, believing the present dispensation was profitable, 
and trusting that if I kept my place, the Lord in his own time would open the hearts of friends towards me. I have since had cause to admire his goodness and loving kindness in leading about and instructing me, and in opening and enlarging my heart in some of our meetings. In the eleventh month this year, feeling an engagement of mind to visit some families in Mansfield, I joined my beloved friend, Benjamin Jones, and we spent a few days together in that service. In the second month, 1763, I joined in the company with Elizabeth Smith and Mary Noble in a visit to the families of friends at Ancocas. In both these visits, through the baptizing power of truth, the sincere laborers were often comforted, and the hearts of friends opened to receive us. In the fourth month following, I accompanied some friends in a visit to the families of friends in Mount Holly. During this visit, my mind was often drawn into an inward awfulness, wherein strong desires were raised for the everlasting welfare of my fellow creatures and through the kindness of our Heavenly Father, our hearts were at times enlarged, and friends were invited, and the flowings of divine love, to attend to that which would settle them on the sure foundation. Having for many years felt love in my heart towards the natives of this land, who dwell far back in the wilderness, whose ancestors were formerly the owners and possessors of the land where we dwell, and who for a small consideration assigned their inheritance to us, and being at Philadelphia in the eighth month, 1761, on a visit to some friends who had slaves, I fell in company with some of those natives who lived on the east branch of the river Susquehanna at an Indian town called Weehalusing, two hundred miles from Philadelphia, in conversation with them by an interpreter, as also by observations on their countenances and conduct, I believed some of them were measurably acquainted with that divine power which subjects the rough and forward will of the creature." at times i felt inward drawings towards a visit to that place which i mentioned to none except my dear wife until it came to some ripeness in the winter of seventeen sixty two i laid my prospects before my friends at our monthly and quarterly and afterwards at our general spring meeting and having the unity of friends and being thoughtful about an indian pilot there came a man and three women from a little beyond that town to philadelphia on business being informed thereof by letter i met them in town in the fifth month seventeen sixty three and after some conversation finding they were sober people i with the concurrence of friends in that place agreed to join them as companions in their return and we appointed to meet at samuel folks at richland in bucks county on the seventh of sixth month now as this visit felt weighty and was performed at a time when travelling appeared perilous 
so the dispensations of divine providence and preparing my mind for it have been memorable and i believe it good for me to give some account thereof after i had given up to go the thoughts of the journey were often attended with unusual sadness at which times my heart was frequently turned to the lord with inward breathings for his heavenly support that i might not fail to follow him wheresoever he might lead me being at our youth's meeting at chesterfield about a week before the time i expected to set off i was there led to speak on that prayer of our redeemer to the father i pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil and in attending to the pure openings of truth i had to mention what he elsewhere said to his father i know that thou hearest me at all times so as some of his followers kept their places and as his prayer was granted it followed necessarily that they were kept from evil and as some of those met with great hardships and afflictions in this world and at last suffered death by cruel men so it appears that whatsoever befalls men while they live in pure obedience to god certainly works for their good and may not be considered an evil as it relates to them as i spake on this subject my heart was much tendered and great awfulness came over me on the first day of the week being at our own afternoon meeting and my heart being enlarged in love i was led to speak on the care and protection of the lord over his people and to make mention of that passage where a band of syrians who were endeavouring to take captive the prophet were disappointed and how the psalmist said the angel of the lord encampeth round about them that fear him thus in true love and tenderness i parted from friends expecting the next morning to proceed on my journey being weary i went early to bed after i had been asleep a short time i was awoke by a man calling at my door and inviting me to meet some friends at a public-house in our town who came from philadelphia so late that friends were generally gone to bed these friends informed me that an express had arrived the last morning from pittsburgh and brought news that the indians had taken a fort from the english westward and had slain and scalped some english people near the said pittsburgh and in divers places some elderly friends in philadelphia knowing the time of my intending to set off had conferred together and thought good to inform me of these things before i left home that i might consider them and proceed as i believed best going to bed again i told not my wife till morning my heart was turned to the lord for his heavenly instruction and it was an humbling time to me when i told my dear wife she appeared to be deeply concerned about it but in a few hours time my mind became settled in a belief that it was my duty to proceed on my journey and she bore it with a good degree of resignation in this conflict of spirit 
there were great searchings of heart and strong cries to the Lord, that no motion might in the least degree be attended to but that of the pure spirit of truth. The subjects before mentioned, on which I had so lately spoken in public, were now fresh before me, and I was brought inwardly to commit myself to the Lord, to be disposed of as he saw best. I took leave of my family and neighbors in much bowedness of spirit, and went to our monthly meeting at Burlington. After taking leave of friends there, I crossed the river, accompanied by my friends Israel and John Pemberton, and parting the next morning with Israel, John bore me company to Samuel Folks, where I met the before-mentioned Indians, and we were glad to see each other. Here my friend Benjamin Parvin met me, and proposed joining me as a companion. We had before exchanged some letters on the subject, and now I had a sharp trial on his account, for, as the journey appeared perilous, I thought if he went chiefly to bear me company, and we should be taken captive, my having been the means of drawing him into these difficulties would add to my own afflictions. So I told him my mind freely, and let him know that I was resigned to go alone. But after all, if he really believed it to be his duty to go on, I believed his company would be very comfortable to me. It was indeed a time of deep exercise, and Benjamin appeared to be so fastened to the visit that he could not be easy to leave me. So we went on, accompanied by our friends John Pemberton and William Lightfoot of Pikeland. We lodged at Bethlehem, and there parting with John, William and we went forward on the ninth of the sixth month and got lodging on the floor of a house about five miles from Fort Allen. Here we parted with William, and at this place we met with an Indian trader lately come from Wyoming. In conversation with him, I perceived that many white people often sell rum to the Indians, which I believe is a great evil. In the first place, they are thereby deprived of the use of reason, and their spirits being violently agitated, quarrels often arise which end in mischief, and the bitterness and resentment occasioned hereby are frequently of long continuance. Again, their skins and furs, gotten through much fatigue and hard travels in hunting, with which they intended to buy clothing, they often sell at a low rate for more rum, when they become intoxicated, and afterward, when they suffer for want of the necessaries of life, are angry with those who, for the sake of gain, took advantage of their weakness. Their chiefs have often complained of this in their treaties with the English. Where cunning people pass counterfeits and impose on others that which is good for nothing, it is considered as wickedness. But for the sake of gain to sell that which we know does people harm, and which often works their ruin, manifests a hardened and corrupt heart, and is an evil which demands the care of all true lovers of virtue to suppress. 
while my mind this evening was thus employed i also remembered that the people on the frontiers among whom this evil is too common are often poor and that they venture to the outside of a colony in order to live more independently of the wealthy who often set high rents on their land i was renewedly confirmed in a belief that if all our inhabitants lived according to sound wisdom, laboring to promote universal love and righteousness, and ceased from every inordinate desire after wealth, and from all customs which are tinctured with luxury, the way would be easy for our inhabitants, though they might be much more numerous than at present, to live comfortably on honest employments, without the temptation they are so often under of being drawn into schemes to make settlements on lands which have not been purchased of the Indians, or of applying to that wicked practice of selling rum to them. Tenth of Sixth Month we set out early this morning and crossed the western branch of Delaware, called the Great Lehigh, near Fort Allen. The water being high, we went over in a canoe. Here we met an Indian, had friendly conversation with him, and gave him some biscuit, and he, having killed a deer, gave some of it to the Indians with us after travelling some miles we met several indian men and women with a cow and horse and some household goods who were lately come from their dwelling at wyoming and were going to settle at another place we made them some small presents and as some of them understood english i told them my motive for coming into their country with which they appeared satisfied one of our guides talking a while with an ancient woman concerning us the poor old woman came to my companion and me and took her leave of us with an appearance of sincere affection we pitched our tent near the banks of the same river having labored hard in crossing some of those mountains called the blue ridge the roughness of the stones and the cavities between them with the steepness of the hills made it appear dangerous but we were preserved in safety through the kindness of him whose works in these mountainous deserts appeared awful and towards whom my heart was turned during this day's travel near our tent on the sides of large trees peeled for that purpose were various representations of men going to and returning from the wars and of some being killed in battle this was a path heretofore used by warriors and as i walked about viewing those indian histories which were painted mostly in red or black and thinking on the innumerable afflictions which the proud fierce spirit produceth in the world also on the toils and fatigues of warriors in travelling over mountains and deserts on their miseries and distresses when far from home and wounded by their enemies of their bruises and great weariness in chasing one another over the rocks and mountains of the restless unquiet state of mind of those who live in this spirit and of the hatred which mutually grows up in the minds of their children 
the desire to cherish the spirit of love and peace among these people arose very fresh in me this was the first night that we lodged in the woods and being wet with travelling in the rain as were also our blankets the ground our tent and the bushes under which we purposed to lay all looked discouraging but i believed that it was the lord who had thus far brought me forward and that he would dispose of me as he saw good and so i felt easy we kindled a fire with our tent open to it then laid some bushes next to the ground and put our blankets upon them for our bed and lying down got some sleep in the morning feeling a little unwell i went into the river the water was cold but soon after i felt fresh and well about eight o'clock we set forward and crossed a high mountain supposed to be upward of four miles over the north side being the steepest about noon we were overtaken by one of the moravian brethren going to wehalusing and an indian man with him who could talk english and we being together while our horses ate grass had some friendly conversation but they travelling faster than we soon left us this moravian i understood has this spring spent some time at wehalusing and was invited by some of the indians to come again twelfth of sixth month being the first of the week and a rainy day we continued in our tent and i was led to think on the nature of the exercise which hath attended me love was the first motion and thence a concern arose to spend some time with the indians that i might feel and understand their life and the spirit they live in if haply i might receive some instruction from them or they might be in any degree helped forward by my following the leadings of truth among them and as it pleased the lord to make way for my going at a time when the troubles of war were increasing and when by reason of much wet weather travelling was more difficult than usual at that season i looked upon it as a more favourable opportunity to season my mind and to bring me into a nearer sympathy with them as mine eye was to the great father of mercies humbly desiring to learn his will concerning me i was made quiet and content our guide's horse strayed though hoppled in the night and after searching some time for him his footsteps were discovered in the path going back whereupon my kind companion went off in the rain and after about seven hours returned with him here we lodged again tying up our horses before we went to bed and loosing them to feed about break of day thirteenth of sixth month the sun appearing we set forward and as i rode over the barren hills my meditations were on the alterations in the circumstances of the natives of this land since coming in of the english the lands near the sea are conveniently situated for fishing the lands near the rivers where the tides flow and some above are in many places fertile and not mountainous 
while the changing of the tides makes passing up and down easy with any kind of traffic. The natives have in some places, for trifling considerations, sold their inheritance so favorably situated, and in other places have been driven back by superior force. Their way of clothing themselves is also altered from what it was, and they being far removed from us have to pass over mountains, swamps, and barren deserts, so that traveling is very troublesome in bringing their skins and furs to trade with us. By the extension of English settlements, and partly by the increase of English hunters, the wild beasts on which the natives chiefly depend for subsistence are not so plentiful as they were, and people too often, for the sake of gain, induce them to waste their skins and furs in purchasing a liquor which tends to the ruin of them and their families. My own will and desires were now very much broken, and my heart was with much earnestness turned to the Lord, to whom alone I looked for help in the dangers before me. I had a prospect of the English along the coast for upwards of nine hundred miles where I traveled, and their favorable situation and the difficulties attending the natives as well as the negroes in many places were open before me a weighty and heavenly care came over my mind and love filled my heart towards all mankind in which i felt a strong engagement that we might be obedient to the lord while in tender mercy he is yet calling to us and that we might so attend to pure universal righteousness as to give no just cause of offence to the gentiles and who do not profess christianity whether they be the blacks from Africa or the native inhabitants of this continent. Here I was led into a close and laborious inquiry whether I, as an individual, kept clear from all things which tended to stir up or were connected with wars, either in this land or in Africa. My heart was deeply concerned that in future I might in all things keep steadily to the pure truth and live and walk in the plainness and simplicity of a sincere follower of Christ. In this lonely journey I did greatly bewail the spreading of a wrong spirit, believing that the prosperous, convenient situation of the English would require a constant attention in us to divine love and wisdom, in order to their being guided and supported in a way answerable to the will of that good, gracious, and almighty being, who hath an equal regard to all mankind. And here luxury and covetousness with the numerous oppressions and other evils attending them appeared very afflicting to me and i felt in that which is immutable that the seeds of great calamity and desolation are sown and growing fast on this continent nor have i words sufficient to set forth the longing i then felt that we who are placed along the coast and have tasted the love and goodness of god might arise in the strength thereof, and like faithful messengers labor to check the growth of these seeds, that they may not ripen to the ruin of our posterity. 
on reaching the indian settlement at wyoming we were told that an indian runner had been at that place a day or two before us and brought news of the indians having taken an english fort westward and destroyed the people and that they were endeavoring to take another also that another indian runner came there about the middle of the previous night from a town about ten miles from wehalusing and brought the news that some indian warriors from distant parts came to that town with two english scalps and told the people that it was war with the english our guides took us to the house of a very ancient man soon after we had put in our baggage there came a man from another indian house some distance off perceiving there was a man near the door i went out the man had a tomahawk wrapped under his match coat out of sight as i approached him he took it in his hand i went forward and speaking to him in a friendly way perceived he understood some english my companion joining me we had some talk with him concerning the nature of our visit in these parts he then went into the house with us and talking with our guides soon appeared friendly sat down and smoked his pipe though taking his hatchet in his hand at the instant i drew near to him had a disagreeable appearance i believe he had no other intent than to be in readiness in case any violence were offered to him on hearing the news brought by these indian runners and being told by the indians where we lodged that the indians about wyoming expected in a few days to move to some larger towns i thought to all outward appearance it would be dangerous travelling at this time after a hard day's journey i was brought into a painful exercise at night in which i had to trace back and view the steps i had taken from my first moving in the visit and though i had to bewail some weakness which at times had attended me yet i could not find that i had ever given way to wilful disobedience believing i had under a sense of duty come this far i was now earnest in spirit beseeching the lord to show me what i ought to do in this great distress i grew jealous of myself lest the desire of reputation as a man firmly settled to persevere through dangers or the fear of disgrace from my returning without performing the visit might have some place in me full of these thoughts i lay great part of the night while my beloved companion slept by me till the lord my gracious father who saw the conflicts of my soul was pleased to give quietness then i was again strengthened to commit my life and all things relating thereto into his heavenly hands and got a little sleep towards day fourteenth of sixth month we sought out and visited all the indians hereabouts that we could meet with in number about twenty they were chiefly in one place about a mile from where we lodged i expressed to them the care i had on my mind for their good and told them that true love had made me willing thus to leave my family to come and see the indians and speak with them in their houses some of them appeared kind and friendly after taking leave of them we went up the river susquehanna about three miles 
to the house of an Indian called Jacob January. He had killed his hog, and the women were making store of bread and preparing to move up the river. Here our pilots had left their canoe when they came down in the spring, and lying dry it had become leaky. This detained us some hours, so that we had a good deal of friendly conversation with the family, and eating dinner with them we made them some small presents. Then, putting our baggage into the canoe, some of them pushed slowly up the stream, and the rest of us rode our horses. We swam them over a creek called Lahawahamuk, and pitched our tent above it in the evening and a sense of God's goodness in helping me in my distress, sustaining me under trials, and inclining my heart to trust in him, I lay down in an humble, bowed frame of mind, and had a comfortable night's lodging. Fifteenth of Sixth Month We proceeded forward till the afternoon, when, a storm appearing, we met our canoe at an appointed place and stayed all night, the rain continuing so heavy that it beat through our tent and wet both us and our baggage. The next day we found abundance of trees blown down by the storm yesterday, and had occasion reverently to consider the kind dealings of the Lord who provided a safe place for us in a valley while this storm continued. We were much hindered by the trees which had fallen across our path, and in some swamps our way was so stopped that we got through with extreme difficulty. I had this day often to consider myself as a sojourner in this world. A belief in the all-sufficiency of God to support his people in their pilgrimage felt comfortable to me, and I was industriously employed to get to a state of perfect resignation. We seldom saw our canoe, but at appointed places, by reason of the path going off from the river. This afternoon, Job Chilloway, an Indian from Weehalusing, who talks good English and is acquainted with several people in and about Philadelphia, met our people on the river. Understanding where we expected to lodge, he pushed back about six miles, and came to us after night, and in a while our own canoe arrived, it being hard work pushing up the stream. Job told us that an Indian came in haste to their town yesterday, and told them that three warriors from a distance lodged in a town above Weehalusing a few nights past, and that these three men were going against the English at Uniata. Job was going down the river to the province store at Shemokin. Though I was so far favored with health as to continue traveling, yet through the various difficulties in our journey and the very different way of living from which I had been used to, I grew sick. The news of these warriors being on their march so near us and not knowing whether we might not fall in with them was a fresh trial of my faith and though through the strength of divine love i had several times been enabled to commit myself to the divine disposal i still found the want of a renewal of my strength that i might be able to persevere therein 
and my cries for help were put up to the Lord, who, in great mercy, gave me a resigned heart in which I found quietness. Parting from Job Chilloway on the 17th, we went on and reached Weehalusing about the middle of the afternoon. The first Indian that we saw was a woman of a modest countenance, with a Bible, who spake first to our guide, and then, with an harmonious voice, expressed her gladness at seeing us, having before heard of our coming. By the direction of our guide, we sat down on a log while he went to the town to tell the people we were come my companion and i sitting thus together in a deep inward stillness the poor woman came and sat near us and great awfulness coming over us we rejoiced in a sense of god's love manifest to our poor souls after a while we heard a conch shell blow several times and then came john curtis and another indian man who kindly invited us into a house near the town, where we found about sixty people sitting in silence. After sitting with them a short time, I stood up, and in some tenderness of spirit acquainted them, in a few short sentences, with the nature of my visit, and that a concern for their good had made me willing to come thus far to see them, which some of them, understanding, interpreted to the others, and there appeared gladness among them. I then showed them my certificate, which was explained to them, and the Moravian who overtook us on the way, being now here, bade me welcome. But the Indians, knowing that this Moravian and I were of different religious societies, and as some of their people had encouraged him to come and stay a while with them, they were, I believe, concerned that there might be no jarring or discord in their meetings, and having, I suppose, conferred together, they acquainted me that the people, at my request, would at any time come together and hold meetings. They also told me that they expected the Moravian would speak in their settled meetings, which are commonly held in the morning and near evening so finding liberty in my heart to speak to the moravian i told him of the care i felt on my mind for the good of these people and my belief that no ill effects would follow if i sometimes spake in their meetings when love engaged me thereto without calling them together at times when they did not meet of course he expressed his good will towards my speaking at any time all that i found in my heart to say on the evening of the eighteenth i was at their meeting where pure gospel love was felt to the tendering of some of our hearts the interpreters endeavored to acquaint the people with what i said in short sentences but found some difficulty as none of them were quite perfect in the english and delaware tongues so they helped one another and we labored along divine love attending Afterwards, feeling my mind covered with the spirit of prayer, I told the interpreters that I found it in my heart to pray to God, and believed if I prayed aright he would hear me, and I expressed my willingness for them to omit interpreting, so our meeting ended with a degree of divine love. Before the people went out, I observed Papunehung, 
the man who had been zealous in laboring for a reformation in that town, being then very tender. Speaking to one of the interpreters, I was afterwards told that he said in substance as follows, I love to feel where words come from. Nineteenth of sixth month and first of the week. This morning the Indian who came with the Moravian, being also a member of that society, prayed in the meeting, and then the Moravian spake a short time to the people. In the afternoon, my heart being filled with a heavenly care for their good, I spake to them a while by interpreters. But none of them being perfect in the work, and I feeling the current of love run strong, told the interpreters that I believed some of the people would understand me and so i proceeded without them and i believe the holy ghost wrought on some hearts to edification where all the words were not understood i looked upon it as a time of divine favor and my heart was tendered and truly thankful before the lord after i sat down one of the interpreters seemed spirited to give the indians the substance of what i said before our first meeting this morning i was led to meditate on the manifold difficulties of these indians who by the permission of the six nations dwell in these parts a near sympathy with them was raised in me and my heart being enlarged in the love of christ i thought that the affectionate care of a good man for his only brother in affliction does not exceed what i then felt for that people i came to this place through much trouble and though through the mercies of god i believed that if i died in the journey it would be well with me yet the thoughts of falling into the hands of indian warriors were in times of weakness afflicting to me and being of a tender constitution of body the thoughts of captivity among them were also grievous supposing that as they were strong and hardy they might demand service of me beyond what i could well bear but the lord alone was my keeper and i believed that if i went into captivity it would be for some good end thus from time to time my mind was centered in resignation in which i always found quietness and this day though i had the same dangerous wilderness between me and home I was inwardly joyful that the Lord had strengthened me to come on this visit, and had manifested a fatherly care over me in my poor lowly condition when, in mine own eyes, I appeared inferior to many among the Indians. When the last mentioned meeting was ended, it being night, Papa Nuhung went to bed, and hearing him speak with a harmonious voice, I suppose for a minute or two, I asked the interpreter, who told me that he was expressing his thankfulness to God for the favors he had received that day, and prayed that he would continue to favor him with the same, which he had experienced in that meeting. Though Papa Nuhung had before agreed to receive the Moravian and join with them, he still appeared kind and loving to us i was at two meetings on the twentieth and silent in them the following morning in meeting my heart was enlarged in pure love among them 
and in short plain sentences i expressed several things that rested upon me which one of the interpreters gave the people pretty readily the meeting ended in supplication and i had cause humbly to acknowledge the loving kindness of the lord towards us and then i believed that a door remained open for the faithful disciples of jesus christ to labor among these people and now feeling my mind at liberty to return i took leave of them in general at the conclusion of what i said in the meaning and we then prepared to go homeward but some of their most active men told us that when we were ready to move the people would choose to come and shake hands with us those who usually came to meeting did so and from a secret draught in my mind i went among some who did not usually go to meeting and took my leave of them also the moravian and his indian interpreter appeared respectful to us at parting this town we hallucing stands on the bank of the susquehanna and consists i believe of about forty houses mostly compact together some about thirty feet long and eighteen wide some bigger some less they are built mostly of split plank one end being set in the ground and the other pinned to a plate on which rafters are laid and then covered with bark i understand a great flood last winter overflowed the greater part of the ground where the town stands and some were now about moving their houses to higher ground we expected only two indians to be of our company but when we were ready to go we found many of them were going to bethlehem with skins and furs and chose to go in company with us so they loaded two canoes in which they desired us to go telling us that the waters were so raised with the rains that the horses should be taken by such as were better acquainted with the fording places we therefore with several indians went in the canoes and others went on horses there being seven besides ours we met with the horsemen once on the way by appointment and at night we lodged a little below a branch called tankana and some of the young men going out a little before dusk with their guns brought in a deer through diligence we reached wyoming before night the twenty-second and understood that the indians were mostly gone from this place we went up a small creek into the woods with our canoes and pitching our tent carried out our baggage and before dark our horses came to us next morning the horses being loaded and our baggage prepared we set forward being in all fourteen and with diligent travelling were favored to get near halfway to fort allen the land on this road from wyoming to our frontier being mostly poor and good grass being scarce the indians chose a piece of low ground to lodge on as the best for grazing i had sweat much in travelling and being weary slept soundly in the night i perceived that i had taken cold of which i was favoured soon to get better twenty fourth of sixth month this day we passed fort allen and lodged near it in the woods 
we forded the westerly branch of the delaware three times which was a shorter way than going over the top of the blue mountains called the second ridge in the second time of fording where the river cuts through the mountain the waters being rapid and pretty deep my companion's mare being a tall tractable animal was sundry times driven back through the river being laden with the burdens of some small horses which were thought unable to come through with their loads the troubles westward and the difficulty for indians to pass through our frontier was i apprehend one reason why so many came expecting that our being in company would prevent the outside inhabitants being surprised we reached bethlehem on the twenty fifth taking care to keep foremost and to acquaint people on and near the road who these indians were this we found very needful for their frontier inhabitants were often alarmed at the report of the english being killed by indians westward among our company were some whom i did not remember to have seen at meeting and some of these at first were very reserved but we being several days together and behaving in a friendly manner towards them and making them suitable return for the services they did us they became more free and sociable twenty sixth of sixth month having carefully endeavored to settle all affairs with the indians relative to our journey we took leave of them and i thought they generally parted from us affectionately we went forward to richland and had a very comfortable meeting among our friends it being the first day of the week here i parted with my kind friend and companion benjamin parvin and accompanied by my friend samuel folk we rode to john cadwallader's from whence i reached home the next day and found my family tolerably well they and my friends appeared glad to see me return from a journey which they apprehended would be dangerous but my mind while i was out had been so employed in striving for perfect resignation and had so often been confirmed in a belief that whatever the lord might be pleased to allot for me it would work for good that i was careful lest i should admit any degree of selfishness in being glad over much and labored to improve by those trials in such a manner as my gracious father and protector designed between the english settlements and we hallucing we had only a narrow path which in many places is much grown up with bushes and interrupted by abundance of trees lying across it these together with the mountain swamps and rough stones made it a difficult road to travel and the more so because rattlesnakes abound here of which we killed four people who have never been in such places have but an imperfect idea of them and i was not only taught patience but also made thankful to god who thus led about and instructed me that i might have a quick and lively feeling of the afflictions of my fellow-creatures whose situation in life is difficult End of chapter 8